1: This is your Sox Machine White Sox wake-up call for Tuesday, July 12th, 2022. I'm Josh Nelson. So last night, around 6 p.m. Central Time, I was going over tasting options for our wedding next summer, debating with my fiance Kim which late night snacks we should try, mini lobster rolls or mini Italian beefs. Then it dawned on me, the game had started. Figuring I would pick up where the White Sox would still be batting in the first inning, I turn on the television and I see Cleveland was already ahead 5-0. Not only did I miss the White Sox first at-bats, which only lasted six pitches, but Cleveland was just wrecking Lance Lynn. He gave up six hits, two walks in the opening frame. There's really no way for a starting pitcher to recover from that type of onslaught. Then I watched the White Sox in the second inning go three up, three down on nine pitches. And I just thought, wow, this team is really prepared for this critical road trip. Then a funny thing happened. The White Sox had a rally going in the third inning after Tim Anderson stole second base to put runners on second and third for Yoan Makata with Lurie Garcia on third base. And the Guardians pitcher Cal Quantrill he tried to beat Makata on an inside cutter. This was after multiple changeups that were floating away from Makata out of the strike zone. So it was a really good plate appearance for Makata, staying patient, fighting off the changeups that were close to the zone, and laying off the changeups that were far and wide of the strike zone. Quantrill tried to beat Makata on an inside cutter, but he missed the location of the pitch. It caught too much of the plate and Mankata smashed it for a 401-foot home run to right center field, a three-run shot. Mankata's fourth home run of the season suddenly made the game 5-3. In the fourth inning, Jose Abreu reached on a single to right field, and Aloy Jimenez walked to set the table for A.J. Pollock. Proving there is still gas left in the tank, Pollock roped a line drive, down the left field line that ricocheted off Jose Ramirez's glove. And all of a sudden, it's a 5-4 to four game. And the White Sox only have one out. And there's runners on first and second. They can tie this game after after they were down by five in the first inning. Lurie Garcia hit a liner a little too hard to left field. That was caught by Stephen Kwan. Obviously not Garcia's fault. As he made good enough contact. Just bad at ball luck. Sebi Zavala in his plate appearance, pulled a line drive down the left field line. And when he made contact, it looked good. Like possibly a double down the left field line to give the White Sox the lead. But it ended up going foul. And then Savala grounded out and ending the threat. But the White Sox were only down by a run after that terrible first inning. This is the type of effort that we saw the White Sox make this past week against the Minnesota Twins where they were down five times in that game and they came back and they eventually won that game and on Sunday they were down to Detroit and the White Sox fought their way back and they came back and they won that game. Maybe this could be that type of game for the White Sox. Then the fifth inning with Lance Lynn already more than 90 pitches thrown in the game. He started the fifth inning facing Framil Reyes. Okay, Reyes already has a hit off Lance Lynn, but it is a righty-righty matchup. Let's see how Lynn handles Reyes. As he started to get back into rhythm, he was pitching better with the scoreless second, third, and fourth innings. He was up 0-2 against Reyes, but the third pitch caught too much of the strike zone and Reyes roped it for a single up the middle. So now there's a runner on first, nobody out, lead-off guy's on base. Next was Andres Jimenez. Another 0-2 count, and Lynn was trying to throw this cutter on the inside corner and completely missed his target and instead hit Jimenez. So now there's runners on first and second. There's nobody out. Lin's pitch count was getting high. The TV broadcast mentioned that Tanner Banks had been warming up in the bullpen. It seemed like with lefties coming up, especially Nolan Jones upcoming, that it would make sense to go to banks to face these left-handed relievers as Lynn tried to, he, he did everything he could. It was a terrible first inning. A lot of pitchers do not recover allowing that many hits, that many walks and that many runs. But Lynn did. And he still had the White Sox in a position to win the game. He's out of gas. La Russa should go to the bullpen. La Russa did not go to the bullpen because It's based on principle that Lance Lynn deserve the opportunity to get out of the jam that he just created in the fifth inning because he's a veteran because blah, 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 whatever reason or thought process that LaRusa has in these particular situations, overextending starting pitchers completely completely ignoring the times through the order penalties or or recent results against a starting pitcher a third time through the order or the results in the game that's in front of him on how hard the Cleveland Guardians were hitting Lance Lynn at times. It would make sense to go to the bullpen. Your warrior of a starting pitcher gave everything that he had to keep it at just five runs after that first inning. Nolan Jones hit a 110 mile per hour exit velocity double that split the gap between center and right field. Cleveland scored two runs and now a 5-4 game is 7-4. And Jones advanced to third base because on the relay throw, Lurie Garcia made a really good throw to home plate. And it was just a one bounce. And if Sebi Zavala fields that bounce, they get the second runner Jimenez out at home. He would have been out at home and it would just been one run scored and it would be 6-4 game. But Sebi Zavala misses the ball completely, which that's a bad play on Zavala. But Lynn's not backing up Zavala. He's not behind home plate. So Zavala's got to chase after the throw all the way to the backstop. So Jones then advances to third base. Jones would eventually score after Tony Russa finally went to the bullpen, replaced Lance Lynn with Matt Foster. But the damage was already done. Lance Lynn allowed eight runs in the start against Cleveland. And yes, he's got to be better. He absolutely has to be better. There's no excuse for that first inning. But Tony La Russa continues to manage the White Sox starters like he's managing the season. Yes, there is a doubleheader tomorrow. You have two games. Davis Martin will be starting game one. We'll get into that in a moment later in this wake-up call. You do not want to burn out your bullpen in an eight-game over seven-day stretch, especially over the on the road I get that but you're still below 500 you're not meeting expectations you're in third place you have to manage the game not manage the season you have to manage the game you have to go to the bullpen and keep it a one run game to give your offense another shot to tie the game or take the lead not manage the season you're already in a hole for the season. You need to start managing these games with a higher sense of urgency and no your starting pitchers deserve nothing. Nothing. If you are actually paying attention to the performance out in front of the out in front of you on the field, you will realize that Lance Lynn is running out of gas and even though he got ahead 0-2 on both hitters, He did not have enough in the tank to punch those hitters out. And instead, you just watch a rookie, Nolan Jones, destroy a pitch by Lance Lynn. And then your veteran getting upset that he screwed up doesn't do the basics, the fundamentals of backing up the catcher at home plate. The White Sox offense didn't manage to score another run. They had far too many innings in which the opposing pitcher was able to complete the inning on fewer than ten pitches. Banks and the White Sox bullpen, by the way, combined to throw four scoreless innings, and they only allowed three hits and got three strikeouts to no walks. But because of principle, Larusa stuck with Lynn. That's terrible managing. The White Sox are now one in five against Cleveland this season. One and five for those keeping score at home. The White Sox are also 1 and 5 against Minnesota. So the White Sox are 2 and 10 against Cleveland and Minnesota this season. The White Sox overall record is now 41 and 44, which means they are 39 and 34 against everyone else. Their terrible play against Cleveland and Minnesota is killing this season.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: White Sox at Guardians play two games today, and it's an interesting pitching matchup. Game one, starting at 1210 p.m. Central Time, features the Dart, Davis Martin, Returning for the White Sox, Martin is 1-2 with the White Sox this season with a 4.29 ERA and has pitched well for the White Sox. On the mound for Cleveland will be Shane Bieber. Even though he's 3-5 this season, Bieber has a 3.44 ERA with 99 strikeouts. Jose Abreu has three career home runs off Bieber and Makata has two homers while hitting 3-10. Hopefully... Both players are in the lineup for Game 1. Game 2, which will start around 6.10 p.m. Central Time, features an old friend, Connor Pilkinton, taken in the third round of the 2018 Major League Baseball draft by the Chicago White Sox, will make the start for Cleveland. As a reminder, Pilkinton was involved in the trade for Cesar Hernandez last year. In 10 appearances for Cleveland, that includes 7 games started. Pilkington has covered 35 and a third innings with a 4.08 ERA, posting 34 strikeouts to 20 walks. White Sox hitters typically do well against left-handed starting pitchers, but they'll need to be a bit more patient against Pilkington to draw some walks. For the White Sox, it will be Dylan Cease, American League's June Pitcher of the Month, Cease, however, has a career 5.79 ERA against Cleveland in six career starts. He lost his previous start earlier this season when he allowed four earned runs over five and a third innings, allowing eight hits and two walks with just three strikeouts. The White Sox really need to split at least one of these two games to keep pace in the American League Central. You can listen to both games on the radio at ESPN 1000 AM, you can watch the first game on NBC Sports Chicago, but watch Game 2 with us as we are hosting another watch party with our friends from the 108. You can find the viewing party link on SoxMachine.com or visit GetPlayback.com slash room SoxMachine. The stream starts at 6 p.m. Central Time. No minor league games on Mondays, but there's an update to the top 100 prospect rankings on Baseball America. There's only one White Sox prospect still, and that's Colson Montgomery, but he has skyrocketed to rank number 53. That's exciting, as his on-base streak is still active, and it's up to 45 games. In Major League Baseball news, Albert Pujols announced he's going to participate in the home run derby. So is Peter Alonso, who's looking to defend his title for a third straight year. Juan Soto is also going to be part of the home run derby. Speaking of hoo-holes, he picked up another extra base hit, which pushes him third all time behind Babe Ruth and Henry Aaron. That's pretty good company as the Cardinals punish the Phillies to a final score of six to one in a highly anticipated matchup. Max Scherzer outdueled Atlanta starter Max Freed as the Mets extend their lead in the National League East, winning Game One of this pivotal series four to one. The Braves now fall back two and a half games. Behind the Mets for first place in the National League East, Tampa Bay moves a half game behind the Boston Red Sox in the American League East as the Rays jumped out to an early 5-1 lead, then watched that lead disappear with the Red Sox tying the game in the 5th inning. But two runs in the 6th inning and three runs in the 8th gave the Rays a 10-5 victory. The Royals and Tigers played a doubleheader and it was Kansas City sweeping the Tigers winning game 1 3 to 1 and game 2 7 to 3. The Royals are now just one and a half games back at the Tigers in the American League Central. That will do it for this White Sox Wake Up call. If you just discovered Sox Machine or have been a long-time lurker, help support us on patreon.com/soxmachine. Our Patreon supporters receive exclusive content, ad-free versions of the podcast and website and the first opportunity to receive our socks Machine swag. Monthly plans start at just $2, and you can save with an annual subscription. Again, the website is patreon.com slash Machine. Subscribe to the Sox Machine podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, and follow us on Twitter at Sox Machine, and follow me on Twitter at Sox Machine underscore Josh. Thanks for listening to the White Sox Wake Up Call. For socksmachine.com I'm Josh Nelson.